John chapter 6 verse 63, Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. A warm welcome to the refreshing word of Calvary Baptist Church. You're in for an uplifting time in God's word. Enjoy the message. Thank you for joining me today as we study God's word. Today we'll be looking at the great invitation. The great invitation. Let us pray. Dear God and Father, we thank you for your love for us. Thank you for inviting us to hear your word. Because we know in your word there's wisdom, there's power, there's direction, there's correction. Above all, you open our eyes to the realities of the world we live in. All to prepare us for spending eternity with you. In the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in your sight. Amen. Jesus was a very friendly person. He made friends with the poor, the rich, the sick, the oppressed, the orphans, the widowed, and anybody and everybody can approach him. And he loved the opportunity to teach these people in simple ways that can make them understand and apply. Why? Because they came so that we may have life and have it in its abundance. So he spoke the language of the people. No big English, as some would say. No, no big grammar. He spoke in simple terms that people can understand. To accept him as Lord and Savior, to be dedicated to his word and to God. He loved to attend parties when people invite him. So the scripture we read today talks about one of those parties he attended. When he was there, he saw what happened. People came and they sat at big, big places, front seat. And he told them, don't do that. You sit somewhere and let the one who has invited you decide where you should sit. And he told them, when you have parties, don't just invite your friends. Those who can also invite you back. But invite the poor, the needy, those who can only say to you, oh, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for giving me good food. Thank you for enabling me to eat rice and chicken. Thank you. Thank you. And they will not be able to invite you back. But what you did for them, you stick with them. That this rich man, this woman, this kind man has invited me to his party. And he'll thank you for it. When they had heard him, then Jesus turned it around to talk about a great party and a great invitation. You read this from Luke chapter 14, verse 16 to 24. Luke 14, 16 to 24. A man was giving a large banquet and invited many. At the time of the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who were invited, come, because everything is now ready. But without exception, they all began to make excuses. The first one said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to try them out. I ask you, excuse me. Another said, I just got married, 
and therefore I am unable to come. So the slave came back and reported these things to his master. Then the anger of the master of the house was aroused. And he said to his slave, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the city and bring here the poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. Master, the slave said, what you ordered has been done, and there's still more room. The master told the slave, go out into many highways and lanes and make them come in, so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will enjoy my banquet. May the Lord bless the reading of his word and his exposition to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. If you take this passage in its context, where Jesus was saying it, there's a straightforward meaning. God chose to work with the Jews through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and those we call the patriarchs. It was obvious that God was doing something. And what God wanted to do was to use them as a model so that by their lives, their testimony, and the kinds of things that they do or they don't do, people will know, oh, this is what God is like. He's a kind God. He's a good God. He's a God of all nations. All nations. He wanted them to be a very welcoming people. But some of these people saw whatever God had done for them as a badge, as a crown, something they should boast about and keep to themselves. There are some people who are so selfish that no matter what they have, they will still hoard. The man has more than he needs, but he still buys clothes. He has more food than he needs, but he still keeps food and hoard it. There are some people whose desire is just to hoard and to keep things to themselves so that nobody else will prosper. They won't share their knowledge with anybody. And Jesus felt that his countrymen, the Jews, were like that. They had been invited to a party. And the one who invited him or invited them, God, had room for more. But they wouldn't invite others. And so it became a very narrow, narrow group of people who think they are waiting to go to heaven. And they are still a small group today, the Jews. But Jesus was applying this to the church. And we can apply it to the church today. Christians today, we may be the majority in the world in terms of those who believe in God, but there are still three quarters or half of the world who have not given their life to Christ. They have not. And instead of going there to bring them in, we have an excuse. They will not listen to us. They also have an excuse why they will not listen to us. But as you see in this passage, God is not interested in our excuses. He wants us to go there with a prayerful attitude, asking people to come, entreating them to come, believing that they will come because there's a great invitation. Remember one thing. It is God who invites. It is the Holy Spirit that moves. So in the Bible, what we have confronting us that Jesus is giving this parable. In the parable, we want, he wants us to understand 
that God has done his part in giving us his son, Jesus Christ. Christ has done his part by dying on the cross for us and anyone who will come to him. And the Holy Spirit has done and is doing his part of convincing men and women of their sins so that they can come to know him as Lord and Savior. And what is my part and your part as believers? What is our part as individuals? What is our part as a church community? What is our part as a Christian in this country and in this world? It is to go out and invite many more into the kingdom that the house of God will be full, that the church will be full, not just full of people who pay lip service to God, but people who are taught, who are discipled, who are truly the salt of the earth and the light of the world. So, the great invitation, that's the purpose. We all come and meet a transforming God, an empowering God, a God who loves us, a God who wants the best out of us. So let's see what is happening here. Let's see the story Jesus is telling us that he's planning a celebration. A celebration is planned. A party is planned. No one who wants to have a party is good to know how many people you are planning for. As a pastor, I love it when people come and tell me, I want to have a wedding. Then you ask them, what do you want to do? How many people are you planning for the reception? So that they give you numbers and it just, I get frightened. I mean, you are planning to have a wedding and invite 1,000 people to your reception? How much money do you have? What are you going to ask them to eat and drink? And can you afford it? What is your budget? So that when you put pen to paper, then they realize that, uh-oh, I'll not be able to do this because I had not really thought about it. Here's an invitation, Jesus Christ. What he's saying in verses 16 and 17, says simply, a man was going to have a large banquet and invited many. A large banquet. So there's no doubt that this person must be a very rich and a generous person. He had food upon food and drink upon drink and sometimes some reserves. I've gone to parties recently and I've been amazed at what was on presentation. People bring a van and looks at that van from a restaurant or from a hotel has come there and just a lot of food. And as you see the numbers increasing, they keep adding the food. The food, and I say, wow, the food and the drink is in the vehicle. They just keep adding, adding it, adding it. So somebody who has a deep pocket, big budget, is inviting everybody to his party today. There are many invitations that God has sent out to you and I. If you have been saved, that's one of them. He said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's one of them. Are you laboring? Are you heavy laden? Is sin worrying you? You can come to Jesus. He will help you. Because that is what he came for. But there are others. He's calling you to surrender your life to him. You are his child. He wants you to be a living sacrifice for him. That's God's will. Is what you desire to be doing. That you are living. Like the only reason for living. That you are living to be a slave of Christ. Wherever he sends you, you will go. Whatever he says do, you do. What he says do not do, don't do it. So Christ can send you into politics. Into banking. Into law. 
into being a teacher, into being a housewife, once you are willing to be a living sacrifice, wherever he sends you, there's no problem with that. He can even send you to be a driver. He can send you to be a carpenter. He can send you to be a seamstress. That will be the calling on your life. And wherever you are, be diligent in what you do because then others will see what you are doing. And because of your testimony, that is obvious to them that God has sent you. Oh, when you invite them to that party, they will come. There's invitation for you to serve. There's inv invitation for you to sacrifice what you have. There's invitation for you to support the work and the ministry of the word that more people will hear because missionaries have been sent forth and people will follow and come to Christ. So that is Christ's invitation, talking to us about a big party, a big party that a big man, a generous man has called. Can I just shorten it and say, what Jesus is talking about really is God. God made the world. God owns the world. Psalm 24 verse 1 tells us the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof. Everything in it belongs to the world. He goes on to say in Psalm 50, the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him. You see, God is so gracious. Some of the things we fight about in this world, the gold, the diamond, the oil, you know where he put them? Under our foot. They're in the ground. They're there. The air we breathe, I mean, is free. The water we breathe is free. Of course, we are polluting some of these things, but in their natural state, look at the kind of things that the generous God has given to us. Incredible, expensive, Things that we easily cannot buy with money, or many of us cannot buy with money. That's why it is good to praise him and to worship him and to thank him for who he is. A generous and a kind God with an infinite budget to meet you at your point of need. So don't come to this God thinking that he's a very tight-fisted God who is not willing to bless you. But he's a God who has everything. He's willing to bless you and edify you and reconstruct you and redirect you. He's the one inviting you to come. To him, if you have come to him to walk with you. But what happened? When the messenger was sent to go and call people who had been invited to come to the party, they started giving excuses. You see, let's create a scenario. Let's say you are in a church and you're going to have a concert or a Christmas party or a musical concert or a drama and you've been asked to pray for people. We do it sometimes. Operation Andrew, pray for somebody and invite them. Pray that their eyes will be open. The Satan will break. And you break the chain of Satan around their life. You pray all kinds of prayer. And then David will say in some places, oh, book a chair for this person. So you have a chair for Mr. Konedu Mensa. You have a chair for Araba Menu as invited guests, then the time has come for you to invite them physically to come for that Easter party. And they begin to make excuses. How do you feel about it? This is what happened. God is calling some people, but they have excuses that they give that are not tenable. So there are three types of excuses that are given in this passage. And Jesus said, the day had come, and they called the first man and said, go, and bring this man to the party. And the first one said to him, I've bought a field, and I must go out and see it. I ask you to excuse me. Wow. 
Somebody has invited you to a party. You now bought a field. He's bought land, farmland. So he must go and look at the land. Now, who buys land without seeing what it is for? Lame excuse. If it's a farmland, you've seen it. If it's a place where you build your house, you may have seen it before buying it. And there was time you were given notice. said, let me go and see it. An excuse. There are still some today who use what their money has been able to do for them as an excuse for not coming close to God. May that not be your portion. That the things of this world are the things you care about more than the God who loves you, who is inviting you to spend eternity with him. But there's a second person. Verse 19. The man said, I've bought an oxen and wanted to test and prove it again. An oxen were used for farming purposes. So the man said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to try them and I'll ask you to excuse me. So here is somebody who has an equipment for working. Maybe he's a farmer, he has a tractor. He said, I'm not going to test it. Or he has a taxi, I'm not going to drive it. So I don't have time to come to the party. I love telling this story because it's true. There was this young man, I met him in traffic one time. And he called me, Pastor, press on to victory, victory in Jesus. I said, how are you? He said, I used to come to church. So why have you stopped coming to church? He said, Pastor, it's because of this car. He said, why? He said, I prayed to God and he gave me this taxi. And because of the taxi, I'm not able to come to church. I said, really? So when the light turned green, I said, he should go. So I'll follow him. And when he started going, I looked at the car. Lo and behold, Opel Cadet. That had started smoking. And I asked myself, oh my goodness. You pray to God to bless you. And God has blessed you with Opel Cadet. There are many more better cars because of that. You don't have time for God. You don't have time for fellowship. You don't have time for anything. Because that car has become your problem. The opportunities that God gives us. The business doors he opens for us. Instead of using them and making your time proportionate to have time for God and bring others in. It becomes an excuse. The man says, I am now going to prove that my oxen can work. They can plow in straight line. They are strong enough to plow. Friend, have you let your business become an excuse? Or your business line is an opportunity for you to invite your friends, your colleagues to join you at a party because there's room for more. Then the third one. The man said, I've just married, verse 20. Another man said, I just got married, and therefore I am unable to come. Oh, you just got married. So you knew the date. And you didn't say that, oh, I'm sorry, I will not be able to come ahead of time. But now that the party time has come, I'm married. Again, the excuse, excuse. What they are doing here is just giving an excuse for not obeying Christ, for not following God, for not being consecrated to God. There are some who will tell you, because of their husbands, their wives, their children, their bosses, they are this, that bad. That's why they cannot worship God or give time to God or serve God faithfully. So, because of the creation, they are unable to worship the creator. What a life. Some may have other excuses. Well, I'm sick. I have this pain here. I have this ache here. They will laugh at me. All that the Bible is saying is that excuses are 
not acceptable to God. He knows the reason behind the excuse. You are not committed. You are backsliding. Your priorities have changed. And that's what the people were doing in those days. But Jesus had a concern, an incredible concern. When those who were invited did not come, well, it would have ended there. But this is where the lesson is. For you and I, who say we are Christians, you are listening to me. I said, Jesus was saying this primarily to the Jews, and they understood that God's disappointment with them and Christ coming to them, Christ telling them this story was that they are the ones who have been called, given the light, not to keep the light for themselves, but to ensure that others also come to know Jesus and serve him as Lord and Savior. And they've refused. The light has been put under a basket. And so nobody sees the light. It's dim. Their testimony is not shining. Imagine the same way. We may be doing the same thing today. We say we are Christians, but our testimony is not bright in the community. It's not bright in the nation. Nobody seems attracted by us. And so people are not coming. They are not coming. Many will say, will say they are Christians, but they don't go to church. They don't obey Jesus. They don't even understand what is going on. They are just in the crowd. When there's a funeral, they come to church. When there's a wedding, they come. When something is going on, they come. But from Monday to Friday, it doesn't show in their life. So the house is not full. It's not packed with committed people. So what did Jesus say? He said to his slave, go back. Go into the streets and alleys of the city and bring in more people here. The poor, the maimed, the blind, and the lame. So he asked him, go back and bring more. Friends, there's room in the house of God for more. Is that not what the trotro drivers say? Particularly those days before COVID, when people can be packed in the trotro without number. Oh, you pack them in. And you who are in the car saying, Jabba, the car is full, let's go, let's go, let's go. And those who are down there saying, push, push, there's more. There's more that you can put in the car. And unfortunately, sometimes they overload it. Sometimes our boats are overloaded because people want to just cross. They don't want the rain to beat them up. But in this particular case, Jesus was saying, bring them in. What does he mean? Bring them in that they may be saved. They may experience the salvation of God. They are blind. Oh, God can open their eyes. Either they are physically blind or they are spiritually blind. Whatever form of blindness there is, God can open it. They are lame. Either physically lame or spiritually lame. They belong to God's house. They are poor, physically poor or spiritually poor. Anybody downtrodden who may think that they have nothing to do in the house of God, he said, bring them in. Why? Because this is their father's house also. Let's know one thing. The Lord came that we may have life and have life in his full abundance. And we are the ones who think God is only for us. Yes, he is for us. But he has many more sheep that need to come in. And the concern about this parable is that there are many more who ought to come in. That as Christians, we must be on the watch and do whatever we can to bring them in because God loves them as well. So he sent the servant, go, 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 go and bring them in. And let's see the servant's report from 
verses 21 to 24. Reading Luke's gospel, verse 21 to 24. So the slave came back and reported these things to his master. Then in anger, the master told him, go quickly and bring them in. And he went to bring them in. Then verse 22, master, the slave said, what you ordered has been done. And there's still more room. Then the man said, go out into the highways and lanes and make them come in so that my house may be full. Hallelujah. Go back again and bring them in and let them come in that my house may be filled. When I read this, it struck me. You see, anybody who is doing business wants their business to expand. So those who are selling on tabletops, they want their business to expand. From a tabletop, you may move to a kiosk, from a kiosk to a shop, from a shop to this, till they have Chains of stores all across the country. There are some people like that. You think that God is not interested in the expansion of his church? Yeah, he is. There are some of us who have 10 people in our churches, 20, 40, 50, and we are happy. No, we are happy we thank God for the souls, but God still has room for more. Maybe you have one church service, that lasts from 7 to 9. Is it possible to have another service and another service? I remember the first time I went to Korea. I had heard about a church that had 400 or 500,000 members. And I was wondering, where did the 500,000 members gather to go to church? When I went there, I thought they meet in a stadium. No, the building I saw probably sat about 15,000. So we went to one of the services, and I was surprised. When the church service was ending, there were people standing outside and ushers were holding their hands such a way that those who have closed will go one way and those who are coming come another way. I said, wow, they had about six services back to back on Sunday. And they were telling us that is not the only way they do church. There were satellites in halls, in hotels, in people's homes, away from Seoul, Korea, where people were guarded. So through the medium of the electronics, they were praising God and worshiping him, giving their tithes and offering and giving glory to God. I said, yeah, 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 yeah. This must be pleasing to God. The master told the slave, go out into the highways and byways and make them come in that my house may be filled. Friends, let's hear it clearly. God's desire is for his house to be filled not half full, not half empty, to be filled. You see, and it takes more than one church. There's no one church. Let's take the city of Accra. They say we are three or four million. There's no church that can take three or four million people, no matter how big it is. Even the stadium, 40,000 people. So God wants many more churches, many more churches to spring up. Well, we are not only paying lip service to God, but in the business of transformation, celebration, where Christ is Lord, where his message is preached and taught, where we live the word, that is when we become the aroma of this country. And when we come and we are charged in the house of God, you enter into politics, you're a different politician. You enter into the judiciary, you're a different judge. You enter into the market, you're a different market man. You are in the Makola Cantamantu, doing things, selling hardware goods, and you are different. 
because you are bearing testimony for God just because you heard the word of God and you came in. So today, what is it? I'm reminding you again, if you have not given your life to Christ, he wants you to give your life to him as Lord and Savior. But if you have given your life to him, and you have the gift of salvation, he's inviting you to serve him in such a way that others come to know him and love him and serve him. He's inviting you to surrender your life, that Lord let your will be my will. He's inviting you to surrender all to Jesus I freely give, that you can give your time, your treasure, your talent to him. He's surrendering, he's inviting you to support missionary work that more people can come in. Friends, the coming of Jesus is soon. The great invitation is still valid. Complaints are not acceptable. All these complaints are the devil's way of not causing the house to be full. But God's desire is that the world will be filled to overflowing. Let me end with that famous verse. For God so loved the world, the world that he gave his one and only son. He's inviting you, would you come in and bring others in. Stay blessed as you are energized, empowered, and enlightened to do God's work. Amen. You just heard the radio broadcast from Calvary Baptist Church, headed by Reverend Dr. Fred Egbe. We trust you've been blessed. Do join us on Sunny FM every Saturday from 8 to 8.30 p.m. for an awesome time in the Word of God. Locate us right opposite the Mr. Biggs restaurant in Adabraka near the Kwame Nkrumah Interchange. As well, we're in Shiashi across the motorway from the Accra Mall. In Oibi, we're near the Cares Valley Event Center at the Goyal Filling Station. Our Amasamine campus is on the Danbridge Montessori School premises near the Amasamine Government Hospital. Again, we're in Botiano, opposite the Botiano Polyclinic. Otherwise, follow us on Facebook at Calvary Baptist Church GH and on YouTube at Calvary Baptist Church TV or email us via calvarybaptistghana at yahoo.com. You can also call us on 024-369-0485 or 0302-231-854 or reach us on WhatsApp number 0200-181680. God bless you.